Welcome to Lavasa Sports. I'm Ira Hosea. I'm Lance Falitongo. And here we look at sports through a South Pacific lens. I'm all about sweating the technique. I'm more about the data. Today's show, as always, sponsored by LavasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LavasaIslandApparel.com. Today we have a friend of the show, ambassador of love and light, Forrest Doldalau is here. What's he going, Forrest? Can you hear us? Yeah. Hey, there we go. There we go. Welcome in, bro. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Chilling. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. We do, we don't have like a, a definite outline or anything. I feel like we're just gonna we're just that's gonna vibe right, here. Man. Yeah. That's all, all right. right. That's that's how I work. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I fuck with your vibe, Bruce. I fuck with your vibe, man. Bro, it's all about, and, and we see this, we see this more now, that love and light. Yeah, definitely. And That's what it's about. That. What do we? Uh, what do we? So when we say love and light, what does that? What does that mean? What is that? Uh, what is that? Is that a greeting? Is that a, a call to action? Uh, you know what? It's 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 all of that. It's I mean, I mean, Uriah knows the dude that uh, I started following him on Instagram, and that's what he uses. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, it could be a greeting, it could be just a, a blessing. Even you know, send it out to people. Love and light, man. That, that's the world needs a lot more love and light. Amen. A hundred percent, Eri. When you 100%. hear when you hear love and light, what do you what goes through your mind? Um, man, what goes through my mind, man, like a lot lately too, is just a an idea of self awareness, man. Like, love and light is how you should be treating yourself, uh, and in effect, that'll be how you be treating other people. Because the more love and light you you cultivate within yourself, you show yourself, you know what I mean. Like, it's it's easy for that to be contagious, and then like that goes on to the next person. You inspire the next person. Um, like not to be cliche or anything, but the 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 favorite thing I think the that draws a parallel is that uh, that Coach Carter speech, man, where Timo Cruz said, uh, <laughs> "It is it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us, man." And when you realize Amen. how much stuff, when you realize how much stuff could get done, you know, when people cooperate, care about each other, do it, you know what I mean? Do it for the right reasons and stop being selfish and like selflessness. It's like, yo, man, like, what is the best that could happen? That that you know what I mean? Like that, that's a lot more right, intimidating right. than what's the worst that could happen. Cause you know, things are right. going to go bad. Right. The natural order of the universe is chaos and it takes more energy to actually create something. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is perfect. our light, no, not our darkness, which most frightens us. So people are just, okay. So when you say like people being selfish or need to get out of their own way, what do we um, just like, living for other people or finding their own purpose and like being true to that what is for us what do you think uh the people should be doing i mean for me personally like i mean uh just growing up i've always felt like my calling was to be in service of other people yeah like i mean so i've always had like uh my core group and like, they've always had their own groups, a bigger group and then a bigger group. But I felt like if I took care of the people around me, they take care of the people around them 
and they take care of the people around them and so forth and so forth, you know? And I mean, yeah, I take care of myself, but like I said, if, if everybody else around me is good, I'm good. You know, I, I'd, I'd rather, if, if everybody's winning, I'm winning. Yeah. If the, if the, if the yeah. group is winning. So yeah. Help the people around you so that they can go and further help the people around them. Right. And, and if you're helping everybody else, you know, I mean, it'll elevate you as well. Because, I mean, I guess today people would call it, you know, maybe networking. But for me, it's a little bit more personal. Like, so, like, uh, I don't know if Noah would want me to tell me this, but when Noah first moved out here, you know, me and Noah moved to Hawaii together. <laughs> we moved to Hawaii together, and um, he left Hawaii before me. You know, I stayed there. I stayed back for about a year. And he moved out here to Washington, but his living situation in Washington, uh, it got difficult. So he called me one day and he said he was moving to Oregon. And uh, I told him, you know, where are you going? So he had some people out in Oregon, but like, you know, me and Noah, like, we're brothers pretty much. And me and Will are like brothers. So Noah and Will, at the time, they're, they were close, but not like how me and Will were. Mm -hmm. So... I called Will, told him no situation, and with no hesitation, Will was like, give him my number, I got it. And from that point on, as you can see now, the three of us lived together yeah. three years later. You know? So, I mean, just that, just that alone. So, me getting to Will, him getting to Noah, they got into a good situation, and then they had me move down to Portland, or, well, Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And now we're all in a good situation, you know? So just a perfect example. Bro, I feel that helping out your friends and then everything coming back to yeah. you and to, and to outer and just putting more love and light and positivity out into the world because, you know, yeah. it's, see, it can, yeah. because it can go the other way. If, if like the only thing you're intaking is negative stuff, whether it be, you know, media or toxic friends or just the wrong type of type of life that you know you should be in then then it can go a whole other way and it's like darkness and not love you're just out there <laughs> but yeah exactly you're just out here just really doing nothing like expecting expecting a whole bunch for doing nothing pretty much you know so like if, if you put all this love and light out and expect nothing in return except for the love and light back you're gonna get a whole bunch more than that back you know, mm. call it what you want, call it karma, <laughs> call it blessings from God. You know, what I mean, whatever it is, it's coming back to you tenfold. I promise you. Where Where are you at right now? I, I'm actually at my sister's in Federal Way. That's yo. My what's that shrimp scampi like? Hey, man. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I was like, hold up. So, I was like, who's, who's yeah, at the Olive my, Garden right now? <laughs> Ooh. My niece, my niece graduates tomorrow from Top Evil High School, so. I came up here for a graduation, but you know, the someone get together, you can't go down without amazing. Yeah. Food. So, uh, you said you was up in a federal way. I'm in federal oh, way no, today. Yes. Way. I, I just, I just parked my car like five minutes before I jumped on the Bro, we appreciate you fitting us in. Yeah, in no, you can talk about. I appreciate you guys for fitting me. That's what you know. What and going back to uh, taking care of each other, and so. When Uriah, Uriah hit me one day and he was talking about 
his script. And that's so dope. I just have to tell you, man, so dope, man. We're going to have to do something with that. But so that being said, you know what I mean? He kind of just hit me out of nowhere. We, I mean, we met each other at the barbecue where, you know, our white boys dropped the chicken. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> Yo. That was so weird. Started. I turned around He's and I was just like, that's like a pan of chicken on the floor, bro. Why did you do that? He's like, I don't, I'm sorry. And I'm like, who brought you? <laughs> hey, who sent you? <laughs> oh my God. Who sent you here? So that's where y'all. <laughs> but yeah, so so that's that's basically where I met, like you know, all you guys. And so he hit me out of nowhere, and we were talking about that. But and then full circle, come back today. I was talking to some of my people. Uh, shout out uh, Des Ali, Destiny uh, King, uh, two great people. And if you don't know, and I'm gonna shamelessly plug her real quick. Uh, yeah, Des Ali. She runs uh, a nonprofit. It's her own organization called uh, Her Game. And she's running it out of Carson, California. She's doing great stuff for the community in Carson and all over now. And a lot of the Shabon community, really. Um, and so they're holding uh, they're holding some clinics and some... I set the fire to it. I have to look at it again. But they'll be out in the Bay this weekend. And um, they're just doing great stuff for the, uh, the Polynesian community. Uh, so if you're out in the Bay, check her out. Her game is sports. Her name's Des Ale. She's with uh, Destiny King this weekend. And so they were also looking um, for designers for something that could possibly happen in October. And the first person I thought about, obviously, because of the podcast today was Uri. So, you know what I mean? Uh, I tried to put them in uh, contact today. Uri's got their number. In. He's definitely down with it. That's so dope. And they, they I mean, they, they're just looking to do the same thing we're doing. Yeah. You know, just trying to... Uh, inspire the younger generation of uh, Polynesians yeah. out here, showing them that can, they can do a lot more than do sports also, but they can do a lot more than just play football and baseball and volleyball. Right. You know, and yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hey, Uso, yeah, thank you again for that link, man. Yeah. For real. I'm, I'm definitely going to no, contact yeah. them this weekend. Yeah, man. man. Right. Tell us, uh, tell us about the, the book, the script. Oh, man. So, um, it, it, it was just a, Wait, so or, do you want to talk about that that Toko Uso script or the uh, that that mana tattoo story? Man, fucking mall, dog. Talk about man. Man, uh, hey, all Forrest, the stories. Forrest, bro, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to like brainstorm with Lance, like, how do we create like a Harry Potter universe of magic in the South Pacific? You know what I mean? Man. And like, I was like, you understand? Because um, man, I'm always saying it, but like J.K. Rowling started writing books about magic in different parts of the world, right? And so like, what is it? Hogwarts is like, obviously UK, England. Right. Then there was a Russian school, that French school that was in the the fourth, yeah. the fourth book, right? But then, then she fire. started, yeah, that's right. But then she started like uh, on her website, she started like incorporating more, more cultures. Like what is the school of magic in Japan? And it's hidden among Mount Fuji in the middle of the clouds, right? And then what is the school of magic in South America? It's in the, in those Aztec pyramids. Uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, I was like, man, what would a school of magic look like in, in the South Pacific? You know what I mean? Cause like, there wouldn't be no wands. You know what I mean? Like what is, you know, all the Alangopus that you hear in Samoan culture, you know what I mean? Like, well, how do, how do, how would, how would you use all that to create like a, a lore 
and you see there's been hundreds thousands of movies about king arthur elves dwarves and that's all like eastern european mythology yeah. right yeah. and so like yeah. that's not just the source for one story people have been using those same tropes for hundreds of years already you know what i mean and i was like bet how do we use how do we draw from that same well that is the south pacific you know what i mean like how can we talk about the the tattoos how do we talk about the different mm -hmm. legends um and like only recently is I've, I've been reading up on lonnie went young she started writing that telesa series and i'm only like two books in but she's incorporating the legend of uh what is it nafa um yeah right yeah. and like all like all that and i'm like you know what i mean i just i just geeked out because i was like yo Yo, I was talking about this. <laughs> I, was like, I found it. Somebody's doing this, man. You know what I mean? I was like, that's cool. That's dope. And you know, bro, that representation, like when you see something that you want to do, or you see somebody doing something you want to do, and you're able to visualize it, and like you said, you right, extrapolate. That's something that we're finding out is so so important in today's age of of people going out and doing stuff. It's not just like believing in yourself, but also actually seeing that so how do we as polynesian people or, or pacific islanders um not only get more out there into the world but how do we how do we get more people out there with us more representation and it's i mean the number one thing that we see is because we're shaped a little differently sports sports is always pretty easy for for us to get mm -hmm. into and now you're getting like athletic stuff, wrestling, um, entertainment. Where do you, where do you, Forrest, where do you think the wave of uh, Samoans or not just Samoans, but Polynesian Pacific Islanders is going to have to be for us to push, kind of like break, break onto the scene as like a voice? Man, that's tough. Because I mean, if, if you look at like, like New Zealand, man, like, so you talk about like their music industry is so much different than like everywhere else. It's it's so big. Like if you go down to New Zealand and you have like these uh all these Polynesian artists, they are they're, they're celebrities like how uh, the music industry here is in the States. Like so like it's hard for us to break in and be like mainstream. But in New Zealand, they're mainstream. Oh dang. You know what I mean? They they make they make the big money. They got the music videos out there. You know what I mean? They're living like, like <laughs> sorry, I was just listening to the uh, Dirk and Lil Baby album. So, I mean, like them, they're, they're, the artists in New Zealand uh, are looked at like how Lil Baby and Lil Dirk are looked at out here. Oh, no. Uh, so, I, yeah. So I think like, it's it's not so much the wave or finding a wave to break into. I think out here, it's more about just trying to get ourselves anywhere into the industry like because i mean like you said i mean people will look at us, the shape we're in uh what we're usually known for like you know what i mean people will see sports you know what i mean like bouncing <laughs> the first question i yeah the first question i get asked every time i go somewhere or I work somewhere people, hey you play football <laughs> you know <laughs> i was like bro i'm i'm five eight i'm like 250 yeah, I played some football, but does it look like I was said, a star? Yeah, you know? yeah, I did, but that's not. <laughs> well, yeah, so, I mean, man, I think I think we're doing a better job of uh, breaking into certain parts of the industry. I mean, 
like acting, acting wise, and I'm not even speaking about The Rock. There are a lot of people out there that are acting that we don't know of. Like, literally, if you search like some of these actors, you'll be surprised how many of them are of Polynesian descent. Yep. You know, and, and so I think instead of finding a way to get in, I think we should maybe try to highlight more of those people who are already in the industry. Ooh, yeah. And, right. Yeah. And I mean, and I think that would, just, that would go far into um, having a lot of these other kids like look at that, like the younger people look at that and be like, you know what, I can, I can get into the industry. I can do this instead of this, you know. And so, and those also goes back to the writing that um, Uriah's doing, the writing that I'm doing. You know, if they see more of us doing that stuff, and you know, okay, so you want to pick a wave. I think literature would be a great way to ride right now, you know, especially um, riding on the success of uh, Lonnie Went, because it's not just in Polynesian now. If you go around, you, you'll meet a lot of people who will ask you about the books who aren't Polynesian. You know, they, they actually like the books. Mm -hmm. So if we can uh, just continue to ride her way, and yeah, man, that'd be great you know, to have all these. And there's a lot of kids back home. Um, in the Polynesian uh, area that they have so much to write that people, I think, would really, really love to be uh, the stories they could tell, you know, fiction or nonfiction. I think those stories are great to tell. You can see even like the movies that are coming on New Zealand, you know, the stories that are told there, they're different. I mean, I know we go through a lot of the same trauma uh, with people in the States, but uh, I think it's a different view when it's coming from Polynesian, just because of the culture itself. A hundred percent. The same story yeah. is different through the yes. through two different eyes. Like it's just yes. having a Polynesian or a Pacific Island perspective to be able to ask the questions that non-islanders just don't even think of. Like, uh, like yeah, the just not part of their thinking and for other people it's like day to day uh emotions yeah. and things that they go through and deal with you make a great point in like it's not just it's not necessarily one way it's whatever i guess it's whatever we as you know human beings want to do and be positive in and good like our purpose whatever we can do to break into that and to show like love through that is going to kind of raise our platform just as just as people in our community to to be able to further help and and build right your your um your instagram page is motivational man it's inspirational <laughs> that uh i read you know you read into the captions and and what you what you post and it's like yo this this is a healthy way of thinking this is a good this is good positive building you know help just it just feels healthy and it's 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 different than what other people definitely post where do you find where do you find all the stuff that you post man do you like write most of that stuff yeah, are you screen stuff? is that is is that all you oh bars yeah yeah it is actually i, I mean it's uh i mean you can tell what's not me but the writing definitely the captions are definitely me. and so i mean and and I don't want anybody to think that I post stuff like that because I don't go through my daily struggles. You know, I mean, I have daily struggles. I can tell you now, 
but to choose to just uh, sit back and always like to be held back by your struggle. I mean, that's it shouldn't happen. I mean, I know sometimes people will get into a dark place, and uh, I won't lie. A few months back, I was in a dark place, but you know, I mean, you, you just you gotta you gotta find like I said, you gotta find the light, and you gotta find the light. There's always light. There's always light. As dim as it may be, there's always light. And so the inspiration to a lot of stuff I do is just letting people know that even though you're going through a dark place, I mean, you're in a dark place, you're going through a tough time, there's other people going through it too, but you don't have to make that the highlight of, you know what I mean, your life. You know what I mean? There's, there's more to life than that stuff. You know, uh, and in Samoa, you can see the suicide rate had gone up oh, so man. much. Uh, Dude, uh, it, it's, I mean, I saw that statistic. Now, uh, my older sister, too, Doris, truly father, does Brown Girl Woke. Yeah. And I, Girl she was Woke. posting about yeah. it. I saw uh, Sefa, the, the artist. Mm hmm. He was he was talking about it because he was living out there, um, and I was yeah. just like, "Yo, dude, like, why is this happening? Like, why is it happening so much right now? It happened at the beginning of the quarantine, like during the summer. Right, right. Like, there was nothing good happening right. in the summer. It was all bad news. Well, I don't want to say it was all bad yeah. news, but there was just like a there's too many occurrences of that of of that happening. Right. I was like, "Yo, man, what is what is going on? That was a uh, right. man. That, that was tough to see, man." For real, yeah, it's it's easy to feel yeah, that and, way and, down there. Yeah, so and so, that being said, that goes back to like we were saying, culture wise, the stories you have to tell. Um, and I love my culture. Don't get me wrong, man. I'm I'm one of those kids that grew up back home. You know, had the I was fortunate enough to come out to the states every now and then as a kid, but I grew up mostly back home. And so I love someone. If you tell me anything about where you live from, I will always boast about American Samoa. And I know, but but the culture itself also has really, really dark spots in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially for kids. Let's talk yeah, about especially it. For children. Especially for children. I mean, you're taught to sweep things under the rug so your family doesn't look bad. You know what I mean? That's I know that's just a really rough uh explanation of things that's like that. That's rule number one. You're really like, yeah, if something happens in your family, uh, and no disrespect to Fife Owls kids, you know what I mean? But if, especially if you're a Fife Owls kid, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to live a certain way. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And so, for like, kid. imagine, have, yeah, for a kid, you know? And then, and people wonder why a lot of them are so rebellious. I mean, because, like, they could do, they could do, whatever they want like pretty much get into trouble but they come back the next day and because of the five hours kids they can swept under the bed you know you swept right under the bed and so I, I, I a lot of them i know not all of them but a lot of the kids i knew like it was a challenge for them like you know what well, i can't get in trouble because i'm a five hours kid what are they going to say you know what i mean oh, <laughs> what are they going to say my dad's the wife, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and yeah. And then another thing is church-wise, you know, and this is probably going to hurt a lot of feelings, but there's a lot of your uncles and aunties in the church, and I say aunties too, that were molesting children as we were growing up. You didn't know about it because it was never talked about. 
when you were swept kids. under the rug. And so I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm a little older than you two. So like, my situation was like no one talked about it at all. Like, oh, like you didn't really know. Like, you, if, if if you knew about like, uh, like the uh, pedophiles and stuff like that, it's because you had some kind of uh, connection to the states. It's because you had some kind of connection to the states. And, but if you lived uh, growing up back when I was a kid, you, you really didn't know about it inside. Like it wasn't talked about at all. But it happened, and so now that it's like, yeah, I guess social media helps too. Um, but so much has changed that now you see it, and everybody's like, "Man, it's never happened on Island before." No, it's just never highlighted on Island before. Ooh, yeah, you know. So, and then like, and all the older people. Till today, still, still now, are gonna tell you to mind your business, be respectful, know your place. And so, as much as I love the culture, no, no, I'm sorry, we're way too old for that now. We know way too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to change, you know. And, and and everybody in the culture is gonna have to start changing before anything. Uh, before anything changes really like everybody's gonna have to start making changes it's, it's not just the people who are trying to make the changes people are gonna start having to accept that these things are happening mm-hmm. you know and then no and then what if it's your kid yeah you know going to pissy and then they you know i mean getting molested by the 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 uh the lead of the the outfight mm-hmm. you know yeah man that's and, i always try to uh whenever I'm talking to like any elders of mine, man, it's like, I always try to bring it home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, what if it was my cousin, your child? You know what I mean? And then the yeah. conversation is different, you know, cause people don't ever bring that situation home. You know, you talk about it from the outside in, it's easy to be uh, dismissive of it, you know? And then, yeah. Mm, yeah. And then, and it's like, Whoa, wait, no, man. Like if, if that was our problem, bro, like I would, I'll be going ham right now. What, what do you mean? You know, because that's just because I was raised out here, right? And like we we're we we're exposed to it, we know it's wrong. But then like hearing about you know people being hush hush about it, it's like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. Like when did yeah. why you know what I mean? Like, cause we don't even know when it was normal, but like why is it normal, bro? Like, why ain't nobody trying to talk about it? Are we talking about just sexual right. assault on children? Like from from older people? Uh yeah. And like well, I mean, most mostly yeah, in bed, yeah. like when when people like do something embarrassing it's like uh they don't promote the rec- the healing of it man like they, they just know that's it. embarrassing right. and they'll just shut up but it's like yo that's not how you get through it you know what i mean like that's a way to get through it but that's not how you get over it that's not how you heal from it because like what about the kids who thought like it was who who look at it as normal now and nothing happened to the person that and did it you know so right. the kids that ha- right. suffered from that assault decades ago could now become the perpetrators of such assaults and it continues to go forward until people address it right and there's no there's no chance to heal man like it's never that's the healing part is never addressed um never and 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 so like you said you know and even worse of them thinking it's normal them thinking that it's their fault and it turning into oh man yeah you know Mm. and that's where the suicide comes from. How do you live with that? That it's your fault that you were molested? You know? How, can, how, how, do you, how are you supposed to live with that? You can't. You need people. How are you supposed to have a normal relationship with another person? You know? 
uh, also again, in time of the relationship between man and a woman, like kids in high school, they have relationships, they have these expectations. It's, it's, they don't learn. And so now, if, what if you're molested and you can't have this normal relationship, you know, with a man and a woman or uh, a man and a man, a girl and a girl, because it's not accepted. It's not accepted, you know, and it's not talked So now you're sitting there, it's your fault, and nothing can ever be normal for you yeah. if you're not going to heal. Dang, man. And you're, being, you're being told that it's wrong and that you're the reason. So we need, so that's obviously a lie because it's not, the, it's, it's never the child who's been assaulted's fault. No, I mean, like, for example, for example, if, uh, like, say the kids are like the ones that get hurt at church or school, mm-hmm. the first thing people are going to say is like, why were you at, why were you at the church? Center? Why did you stay back at, you know, or why, what were you doing at the school after hours? Like, were you playing sports? No, you know, like, so, and that, and. Right there alone, you're already blaming your child. Right. You know, it's like, what, you know? Yeah. And so in Samoa also, you're taught to just to do what uh, authority figures tell you. Right. Your elders. Yeah. It's that, that respect factor. And um, in my household, I was growing up. And so also a background on me, I'm half Filipino. And my mom also grew up a little bit in the States. She went to college, she went out there. So. No, it's a little different in our household. I mean, you were taught that um, if people don't respect you, you know what I mean? Like, don't disrespect them, but they have to earn your respect. Nice. You know, it, it can't just be given. And I know, uh, I mean, my grandma, uh, my aunties and uncles, they taught me to respect my elders to an extent. You know, like, you know, I'm going to respect you, but if you won't tell me to do something stupid, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <No>. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so, but the people, the, the people who were taught that, they feed on that when it comes to the, the younger people. They know that that's what the kids were taught. And that's how they're able to uh, like have these kids not say anything or how they're able to... Uh, how they're able, these kids pretty much are coached from when they're younger. Groomed. You know, some of these kids are... are yeah, they're groomed to, to do this stuff. And I mean, like I said... Uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about it because it's shameful, they say. But what's shameful is that, you know what I mean? You don't want to help your child? I mean, yeah, yeah. the shame the shame is definitely not on the child. It's on the people uh, pretending yeah. like it's the child's fault and then further traumatizing yeah. the child. It's the people that commit these acts because they themselves haven't healed. That's where that's where the shame should be, but they, they ain't want it, so they just don't talk about no. it. Say, hey, we're just not going to talk about it. We're just going to pretend like this didn't happen. And that's why uh, yeah. we're some of the best compartmentalizers in the world. Exactly. <laughs> why we can like put exactly. shit in our box, put it to the side and like, yeah. Um, not wanting to address shameful situations and just hiding it instead of like you guys are saying, processing um, uh, and healing whether it's forgiving or, you know, some sort of uh, thing that needs to happen from that, but it's not ignoring and hiding and running away from, you know, the, the hard shit that we got to talk about and deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So continuing on that though, this is starting to lead to 
I don't I don't know if it's a climbing suicide rate in American Samoa for uh, for children or teenagers or young adults, but is this is this connected then to just how much of the culture is don't talk or like respect your elders and you have to listen to them even if you personally don't agree with what's happening is it just that kind of ingrained into the culture because like you said people are or predators are taking advantage of the way that islander children are raised and that you don't you don't you respect your elders and you listen to them so what what needs to happen is it everybody needs to be you know more vigilant is it five hours need to be you know more uh, demanding of their people to to not uh, government where does it where does it start to help stop uh suicide in american samoa uh, with that, man, it's really going to have to start with the older people who aren't um, accustomed to dealing with it. Because if they can change and they can tell the people that it's wrong, everybody will follow suit, I think. You know, like, mm. say, like, one of your oldest uncles, you know what I mean? If he's so old school, but if he's able to see it and change, yeah, everybody else can change, you know? And if you go, like, if you, yeah, if you go government, that's fine, but, like, the government's so corrupt already. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and so <laughs> yeah, so if the government's corrupt too, and again, um, have nothing against the church, but so is the church system. The church system is so corrupt as well. I mean, it it, it trickles down from the government to the church system to the education system, and it's it's like a bad pipe from the top and it just seeps on down all the way to the bottom of the barrel. And everybody's just gonna have to come together somehow. From and and you know what? I, I honestly believe if you start from the churches, because Fife House has so much power mm. back home. They have church has so much power. It doesn't matter if you're a Fife out back home, if you're a priest or if you're a deacon in the Catholic Church. If you're a bishop in the Mormon church or, you know, one of the leaders in the Mormon church, anything. If you're a leader uh, in, at some kind of church in American Samoa, you have so much influence. So much influence. You know, you can see it by uh, when you go to a funeral and people who weren't even at the funeral but came to the Samoa have envelopes in their hand before they leave. <laughs> you know, like... Bro. Like they didn't do the same thing at the funeral, but because they showed up at the funeral, they get an envelope full of money. That's that's I mean, if that's not influence, you know, uh, I don't know what is, man. Because in this world today, money is power. And if you can come to somewhere where you didn't even do anything and you were there for five minutes and get like five G's, that's that's power, man. You know, yo, power. wait, how do you what? <laughs> Yo, you just show up. You didn't even have to do anything. Yeah, that's. that's I want to be like, how do you get to that level? But no, I don't want to like fucking be the shitty person that does that. Right, man. It's like when you. So, yo, why, why is, why is this, why is that person even getting a keunga, man? Like, exactly, exactly. Like, whoa, bro. Hey, 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 mind your business. We're that's part. That's that's what you get. That's the essence of the family. 
That's no. the action you get. Shut your mouth. We're doing it this way because we want to, and you continue to question me, mm. and I'm not going to give you an envelope. Matt, you Yo, to <laughs> Yo, I'll talk, I'll talk with my mother. So now that I'm back home, I talk with my mom and dad a lot about Fasa more stuff that I, I didn't necessarily learn firsthand, right? Yep. Right. I was like, now, you know, I'm trying to talk to, because my uncle passed away up in January, right? And so him and my dad and my other uncle, um, Akua, man, they're, they're the three brothers, right, who are really well-versed in Fasamoa, right? And so, like, whenever any family events happened, um, it was either my dad, my uncle Longe, or my uncle Akua, right, that, that, are, that are talking at these events. And um, what, what I've been trying to learn or I guess from my dad's really good at telling me what it is right but my mother is really good at explaining the context to me about right. like why why these why these happen in this this certain way and I was like man uh I was all talking to my mom I was like mom like how much of the how much of these customs today are practiced because of compassion and not obligation you know what I mean it's just like what do you mean I was like well like if it wouldn't be like if if some people weren't like Ah man, it's, it's tough for me to uh, say right now. But like, if I get like, what you mean, though, I get what right, you like mean. At, like at a funeral, right? The um, the the bereaved family, the grieving family, right, is supposed to allocate resources to everybody else in the in the church. They got to see it, right, and the other stuff. Um, and like some of my friends who weren't, you know, Psalm Wonder, I was like, "Yo, why do y'all do that?" <laughs> you know, and I was like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We we put in money to give to the family, and that operates as sort of a life insurance. You know what I mean? Like uh, right. for all intents and purposes, all the families that uh, are related or any family you know that the yeah. that cares for that family, you put money in, um, and you donate to the to that family. They could use it for their own personal resources. They can use it for the for the funeral expenses. Um, but then that family is in turn supposed to give a lot of that money back. And it's like, wait, 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 no, nah, man, I gave it to you, to this family because right. I want you guys to have it. Like, duh, I have no, you're not obligated to, to, to give those out, give those back out as gifts. Right. And then, uh, but you, you know, are. a lot of people say, oh no, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. And I was like, right. nah, man, these people actually care about you. These people want you to keep it, bro. You good. And that's why, like me personally, that's what my, um, my uncle, my uncle Alcoa did when, um, my uncle Long had passed away. Right. That, um, my cousins, man, shout out to Lisa, Tanya, man, love y'all. Uh, they, uh, you know, they were, you know, they were giving stuff back out to the families. Um, and then when, when, all, when all was said and done, my uncle Alcoa was like, yo, I know you guys are doing this because you feel obligated to, but we all like, all the adults already agreed. We're going to give this all, all this back to you. Um, and, you know, they're like, wait, what? And my uncle was like, no, 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 no. Like, you know what I mean? That's my brother. We good. And I was like, yo. This doesn't happen very often. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, I was like, how often does this happen? I was asking my my auntie and my cousins. I was like, oh, pointing in the back because I didn't know what was going on up front. I was like, hey, hey. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is this is rare. This isn't right. But I guess it was just because it was like our family, or, or I don't know. But it was a it was a refreshing thing to see. That is actually a refreshing thing to do. I mean, like you said, it's a really rare occurrence. I mean, it doesn't happen, especially like you said, it's their their brothers and. um you, you don't want to take anything away from your brother's family, especially if they're But I've also seen, like, the, the, the nasty side of it, where, like, someone says stuff like that, like, no, and there's always two people that don't start an argument because that's exactly what they came there for. You know what I mean? And they, 
Yeah, and they probably put in the littlest amount of money from the family. You know? <laughs> oh, no. And, 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 you know, it's sad. And, like, like, like you said, man, I, I know a lot of the stuff is, like, when back in the day, even just the song out there, just grabbing all the, the stuff that you're supposed to give, families were supposed to give what they could. None of this uh, uh, set amount of money by family members, like, you know, you get called up and they tell you in someone, uh, like, you know, $1,000 in each family. <laughs> Why do you have to tell me how much I can get? You know what I mean? Aren't we giving out of love? And so that's how it used to be back then. Like, I think, like, around Mamua, maybe it's still like that. If you, what you can give, you can give. Because you're not supposed to, you're trying to help a family. But at the same time, you're not trying to break your family to help this family. You know? So, and so, same thing. When you're supposed to get uh, all all the the money when you give back or the fine max, you, you give back what you think you can give back. And you know what I mean? You're not supposed to give back all the money, but somehow along the way, um, I guess our introduction more into the Western culture, uh, the value of money became a lot more, uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess important to, to the people inside more. And, and that's how all this came about. Like, if, if I could tell you one thing growing up and it's not even, yeah, like I know, I know, I don't know like everything about the Samoan culture, but as I was growing up uh, in Samoa, like I always thought that money was the worst thing ever introduced into <laughs> the Polynesian island, like culture. Like, like yeah, you used man. to trade, you used to trade fine bats for land, or you used to trade land, you know? <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, somebody came down, like from Europe or somewhere, and be like, hey, man, I just got all this stuff in the boat. I'll put you give us some land. We're gonna give you this stuff, and then people were like, "Holy shit, we can get that for selling our land? Fuck it, all right, <laughs> we can keep your five bags. Do you have any money? <laughs> like, yo, you know? it's so shiny, right? It's it's oh my gosh, you know. And so, like, I think uh, coming to stuff like, especially family stuff, man, it's it's your family, it's your family. Like you said, you're right. Why you shouldn't give out an obligation? Give out of compassion. If if ever uh one of my parents happened to pass away anytime soon, unfortunately, you know, and me and my siblings sit around um and we start talking about it and we start like if they want to do someone way, that's fine. Me, I know my parents, my dad's Filipino, so I would do it because my dad's Filipino just to spite my family. But, um, <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to make you pay just because my dad's Filipino. <laughs> All the funerals I went to for your family, well, you're going to have to pay for my dad. <laughs> and so, um, this is my niece. Uh, hey. Hello, my hi. niece. This is Levelasi. Oh, see, you gotta go help your uh-huh. mom. But, but so yeah, I'm the best uncle ever. Just shout out, you know what I mean? <laughs> Any single aunties out there? I'm the best uncle to study you guys. Hey. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, if my mom passes away, we do like a, a Samoan style, blah blah blah. 
like me and my siblings already know we're gonna we'll ask all our family give what you can like if you can't give that's fine come help make you know come make some plates with us come give out the plates come uh carry out some finance you know come make some food i'd rather you come and help us at the studio than you can give some money you know because at least i know you're coming over to help because you want to help mm-hmm. you know instead of feeling obligated yeah i don't want you to feel I, like, like especially with uh, my cousins that we grew up with like i would never ask them to break their bank just to like obviously some families need the help and that's great and so uh, again Psalm one system is so unique to other uh cultures that what other culture kind of gets together to help the grieving family like that i don't know too many cultures that's that's amazing but at the same time i don't want you to come out of <laughs> you know what I mean? house and home to to help me if yeah. you can't help yourself, why are you helping me? You know? Yeah. Take care of yourself before you yeah. go and help other people. Exactly. And there's always ways to help other than giving money. There's always other ways. You know? Mm. So we, our, our people have to learn that the value of money isn't, uh, isn't as important as the value of family and love. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I want community over material things. It's always you know brothers and sisters, family, village over a ship full of gold for all the land. Exactly. Damn it! I can't believe they made that trade. (laughs) Right? You know what I mean? (laughs) You know? Okay, we'll say keep our fine mats. You got right. Say, you know, you know, people come like people used to walk from village to villages. Like people will walk from the Uli to Pango with fine matches to trade something. And all of a sudden, one day they get to Pango, walk all the way from the Uli, and the guy goes, "Hey man, we don't need the fine match no more." No. <laughs> He's like, "You got we any of this shit?" Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, we ain't want no more than fine match. You got gold? Like, nah, no pig for you. Sorry. <laughs> walk back to the Uli. Right, bro. You gotta walk, go back, come back with something else. <laughs> man, okay. uh, dude, so that man, that's always something. Uh, I'm I don't know. Uh, I was uh, talking with Lance about it one time, but I was like, all the crops that are in Samoa, right? Are they all right? So, you're from America, Samoa, it's like, right? A lot of families you know, do they grow crops on their land? So, I mean, as I was growing up, there was a lot of people that farmed. I mean, and you know, the biggest thing they farm back home is going to be taro and banana. Yeah. You know okay. So, so, like, so did they import, export that internationally and make that like a business model? Or like, because that's one thing I'm always wondering. Like, if they change the crops and sell more to something like coffee, tobacco, or something that can make the island a lot more money or that family a lot more money. Right. I'll just be thinking like nowadays, like, yo, you know what I mean? You're not just making money on the island. Like, there's, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how all those families can, like, come together, make a big crop, everybody benefits from that, or maybe that's too naive for me to think. No, I mean, together. yeah, no, that, I mean, and, and <laughs> again, it goes back to just the money, the money just, it, it has a way of dividing families. <laughs> so, like, 
I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people back home, um, a lot of them, like, even just businesses, business-wise, I mean, even if it's just not crops, I mean, business will start, it'll be a whole business uh, for a big family, and then somewhere along the way, someone's not happy with the peace they have, you know? So, um, if, if I had to say, like, like crop-wise, if there was, like, a, a whole community getting together, and they have this set piece of land in the village, um, I'm sure someone's going to have a problem with how much land they gave or how much more should they get for, for the land they gave. And then someone's going to be like, well, I bought most of the crops that first time. You know what I mean? I should get more than that too. And but I gave more of the land, but I put yeah. in more of the work, but I did this. Everybody and, wants and, to be valued. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, well. and, and, <laughs> And it's not every family. I mean, I know people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I can't believe this dude's saying very good job. But, but I mean, if you're offended by it, <laughs> huh? then the, the shoe fits. Yeah. <laughs> the a shoe fits. Closer. Right, right. But, uh, uh, no, like, uh, I think the only thing that holds back uh, people from growing... There's certain things that don't grow well back home just because of the um, the environment, the temperature. Um, so there's only so much that you can grow back home, like crop plots. So like coffee, I, I don't know if they'd be able to do it, um, but that that would definitely be something to look into. That's that's big. I mean, um, and you know what? Lance knows him, and Lance would get him uh, on the podcast too, Tamiano Gur, because Ooh. they have the, him and his his family. They grow stuff, you know. They're, they're right, right. That's what they do. They're farmers, you know what I mean. Um, and he would definitely know. So uh, Tamiano, who's a, is he a classmate, Lance? Your age, I believe he was the. Young. I believe he was the year behind me. Okay, so I mean, he's that young, but he's he's been an entrepreneur since. Gosh. Yeah. I don't know when, but he also first started selling. Uh, uh, I remember Brussels sprouts that they grew, and he would like deliver them to the stores. And uh, shout out Tommyano Gur because I always get like Brussels sprouts from Tommyano, and you know what I mean. Uh, if you don't know, they go good in your uh, tuna sandwiches. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and so they have their whole greenhouse. They um they have they pretty much own most of the his family as a whole, the Gur family. Uh, own uh, all the land in Marotsa. And mm-hmm. so right by the beach, down by the beach, they have a greenhouse, really big. And they grow tons of stuff. Man. And uh, I think Tamiano's father also might be the head of agriculture at the moment. Uh, in American Samuel, which is which would be really big because that's what he does. Peter Gray. Um, So yeah, man. That would be the perfect person to ask like about what they could grow back there and um what works yeah you know what and that that'd be that you would man you would kill so many birds with one stone if you got him on the show because he he also he also hosts this uh 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 it's like a man slam uh poetry um so it, it, he calls it prom um i've seen i've seen Sefa. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's actually the creator of prom, and um, man, um, 
I haven't met her yet, but him and his girlfriend right now, um, they're doing great stuff. She's actually from, I think she's from Oregon. She's um, she's Samo and and what's his name's cousin. They run from, but they do so much for um, like the kids back then. Like just their their whole movement. Um, mm-hmm. Tracy Portisano. Shout out to Tracy Portisano. Oh, you remembered. Yeah. It just took yeah. a second. There you go. Uh, yeah, they, they do a lot. Um, they do a lot back home, not just the prom stuff. I, I know they, they, they try to reach out to, to the kids back home and they, they do outreach. It's not just the prom stuff. I know that's at the forefront of what they do because it's so big. Um, it's so big back home. So that's probably all you see that they do, but they do a lot more. They do a lot more. Tamiano's a great guy, man. What a great, he's such a great guy. I can't say that's- enough about him. By the thing that I was thinking that would go against having a communal uh, farm would be that there's not enough land to make a big enough crop. But if Tamiano is already doing like a greenhouse, that then there may be, you know, able to put so many of those. It'd probably be a different crop because if you think taros and banana are probably just made for like well, themselves I mean, I, and on island trading. I could tell you one crop that grows fine back home. <laughs> <laughs> Those don't exist. Um, it's not I, a uh, thing. Hey, Force, e- <laughs> elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, uh, in Oregon, what do they call it? The uh, emerald uh, diamond or circle or whatever they call it out here in Oregon. It's a certain area where they grow a certain crop. <laughs> but um, it, it does, um, marijuana does grow pretty good back home. You know, because of the humidity. So, I don't know if it's the humidity or what or it the is. Soil. But, um, and so, uh, like, the stuff that they're growing out manure is hmm. before they used to be like people would be like oh man stuff you guys go back here it's weak you know what i mean it's not it's not like the stuff they grow out in the states yeah. but if, if if you can get a hold of what they whatever they're doing in manure now like yeah, i don't know if maybe somebody went hold to up, school bro. for like botany or whatever are, are you giving us the lowdown right now i am some manukin <laughs> you telling me some manukin went to bot but but what is it? Botanist, school for botany. botany? Yeah, yeah botanist. Like bo- botanist. Viticulture, horticulture. Not, I don't know. Horticulture. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Professor yeah, Sprout. No, like right before I left, man, <laughs> that that stuff was good. Like, I mean, uh, people take the risk of bringing home like. Uh, so if you don't smoke weed, they have stuff like out Cali, like chronic in Cali. Uh, there's some fish floating around back home. Um, and so, just in case someone is uh, going to listen to that, oh, I'm just giving up secrets. Not a secret. It's not, <laughs> Everybody, it's not a secret. No, man, oh. hey, that's the that's one thing I, I love to see. That's one thing I love seeing now, bro. Now that I'm in California, there's hella there, there's some uh, folks doing uh ever since Burner started making his own uh weed strain. Oh, see, yeah. like people are developing weed strains like brands, bro. Like the cookie yeah. brand, Burner yeah. actually doing shit for people, like putting putting them on game. And, like there's actually uh some folks that do that uh that runs, yeah, that runs yeah, yeah, yeah. marijuana, right? Saw, yeah. And so like you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of islanders out here. You know, I mean, know that oh man, like that's a that's a Tongan dude or the young LB is the person I see, you know, yeah. what I mean, like always promoting that run stuff. I was like, bro, that's dope, dog. 
And then, you know, my cousin was all like, hey, Erod, how do you, uh, how do you, when are you going to make some Levasa OG? And I was like, how do we do that, bro? You know what I mean? I was like, See, yeah, that's yeah. crazy, bro. Like, that's dope. And that would be, you should look into that. I mean, and so once, um, once the cultural strains are kind of uh, relieved and um, maybe one day it could be uh, legal back home, that would be really big um, import export for Samoa, especially Ooh. medical use. You know, I mean, people people are gonna say like when when guys like me, um, I uh, I've been attached to certain stuff back home. So when I say stuff like this, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, I see just you want to smoke weed or sell it. No, I mean, so if you legalize it, it's not just the people. You know, um, it's not just the people who you think are bad that are making money off of it. So now the government can make money off of it. And now families who get um, uh, the papers to, to, to do it, you know, when they get certified to be um, medical growers, they can make money and so forth and so forth and so forth. Yeah. And yeah, just like the government, uh, just who they are, now they can tax it because they love to tax shit. Once people start making money off of it. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's a business? <laughs> right? One second. <laughs> like, hold on. Oh, wait. oh, that's good for you? Oh, that's, oh, no, that's right. good for me too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so you thought it was one for you, one for me? No, one for you, three for me. <laughs> yeah, man. We yeah, got to figure out a better money. tax code. <laughs> right, man. I've, I've been seeing a lot of these people do like uh, something like different weed edibles out here. And I'm like, yo. Ooh. What if you what if you made fucking popo with some weed in it? Bro, or like, so man. Or some fausi or some fausi with some Ooh, what if you made some fausi with some weed in it, bro? That'd be that'd be crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you about to make me uh go home on Sunday and make some go uh with some weed. <laughs> hey, you know some... All right. E-Ride. That's a show. That's a show. That's content. <laughs> That's a very specific niche. Let's right there, bro. build the bunny right. kick edibles. But see, as I say, man, some brown bun kick You said, you know what I mean? Oh, duh. man, or hey, German bun. because you can, because you can make jelly from yeah. the weed. Like you can make jelly from. See? What? I don't even know yeah. what. But guys, yeah. if you ingest weed, you'll die. <laughs> God like, you will can be make- mad. You can make chocolate out of uh, 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 with weed. So I mean, if you feel like a chocolate bun, uh, you know what I mean, with some weed chocolate in it. I mean, you know. I like where this went. Yeah, you can. You Yo, can German like the, bun. Call it the fungi, the fungi dropo. Oh, see, we could be the crispier cream. <laughs> We get these, yeah. yo. Okay, so we're gonna make these weed edibles and then we're gonna eat them. That's what we're gonna do. Oh, well, we gotta test them, gotta we test gotta them test of course. Them. <laughs> we can't just put out product without testing it. Absolutely, we gotta be responsible <laughs> and, right. and and taste test those. Why don't Raider fans like Derek Carr? I feel like he's done such good things. What's you know, the deal there? You know why? Because it's such it's so easy to blame a quarterback for your struggles without looking at what he's done. I personally love Derek Carr. Like yes. when they started talking about trading him for like uh for Deshaun Watson, uh what's his name? The 
the MVP out in Green Bay. You know, I got my, my sister's a really big Green Bay fan. She's standing there. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, like, oh, what's his name? He, uh, he's done a little bit. He's won like one Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, like, what's Rogers going to come do there that Derek Carr can't do? Like, I mean, I, I, he's, I won't. I won't downplay Aaron Rodgers' greatness. He's a great quarterback. He's been a great quarterback for years. Now, how many more years does he have? You know what I mean? Mm. You know, uh, and how many more good years? I think he has maybe one or two good seasons. One or two? Um, yeah, one or two. I mean, just because, I mean, he's not as mobile as he used to be. True. You know? Um, he has to be with the right team. So, like Tom Brady, Tom Brady is smart. What a smart guy. He's, he picked where he wanted to go. To win another Super Bowl, and everybody doubted him, and what happened? Asshole won another Super Bowl. <laughs> Damn, broke my heart, man. There's only one person I hate more than Tom Brady right now. It's the devil. And so, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm over here like Tom Brady's good. Tom Brady don't care about me, but <laughs> but so, Tom Brady's so yeah, like uh, Super Bowl, right? Like, I mean, Derek Carr is a great quarterback. I mean, people think, oh, he doesn't run enough. Your quarterback's a quarterback. He throws the ball. Where the hell do you want him to run? Right. You know? He should okay, have so, to. Yeah. So you want him to run, like, what? For touchdowns? Like, 58-yard touchdowns? Okay, Lamar Jackson can do it, but he doesn't have anybody to throw to. You know? So, like, Derek Carr is doing what he does. He uses his feet. He gets first down. Or he'll get five yards. He'll slide. And that's what your quarterback's supposed to do. Other than that, he's airing the ball out. And people are like, oh, he doesn't throw far enough. I mean, look at his stats. You know what I mean? And people don't like to hear you say that. Look at the stats. Well, I mean, it's just stats. Duh. That's how he's measured. <laughs> Stupid. It's, just, it's just the way that they right? measure. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just real facts, you know? <laughs> it's just a list of what he's done categorically. Like, stats, stats don't tell you what he does on the field. Actually. It's exactly <laughs> what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know? It's 100%. And so, like, it goes also to, like, John Gruden, I mean, he's so hard to read, and people are always going to, like, oh, John Gruden doesn't like it. John Gruden's never come out and said that, you know? Um, and so people, people, the contract that John Gruden was given in the time frame he's also given to bring the Raiders back to, uh, hell, just, just even a playoff team. People are so mad. They don't want to blame John Gruden. You know what I mean? That's the guy's gonna make a hundred million dollars over ten years. Why would you blame John Gruden? You know, like I would just blame Derek Carr. You know what I mean? But uh, as far as the fans, yeah, the fans are just—they just people want people want him to be pretty much. Uh, they want him to be Patrick Mahomes when he's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, they want him to be. Aaron Rodgers, when Aaron Rodgers is slightly almost not Aaron Rodgers anymore. And everybody likes to see people win. And when they see other teams win, obviously they're going to go back to their own teams like, damn, why can't we get that guy? And it's not necessarily like he's going to come over and help the Raiders win. Like Aaron, There's no guarantee Aaron Rodgers that comes over and helps them win. You know? And, and what you so, would have to give up to get him Oh my gosh! In a trade would so, totally debilitate his ability to 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 pass yeah, anyway. To pass. So they were asking for like they were like weird asks like uh, hypothetically Green Bay was asking for um, next year's first round, the year after that, 
uh, the Ooh. year after, like three first round picks, and then they wanted, and they wanted like Henry Ruggs. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, why don't you just okay. just take everybody's left kidney on the team? I mean, <laughs> you know, and, but fans, it's easy for fans to be blind to certain things, you know. To be fans, those are the, yeah, those are the worst. Fans. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I can't I, take you nowhere. You saying right. we gonna win every year? Look at our situation. Exactly, like I mean, man, like be real. Fans are horrible. Like no, no one went to watch the uh, LA game the other day. And he was telling me as he walked in, Portland was losing, and a Portland fan looked over and saw no one in New Jersey. And I was like, man, fuck LA. And you know, no, no, was with his friends. Of course, he's not gonna do anything. You know what I mean? It's just a game. They went to watch the game. They went to have fun. But he said, like, the guy was really just, like, trying to egg him on. Like, the whole the whole L.A. game because Portland had just been bumped out the... the, the, the yeah. Uh, I mean, I love those guys. <laughs> I personally love those guys. Like, oh, and no one's no. like... And his leg was in a boot. I was like, bro, he would have walked out in another boot and two arms in the cast. Like, <laughs> I'm not even a Lakers fan. Like, Jesus. Like, don't be ignorant, man. Don't be an ignorant fan. Be a fan. Love your team. Go all out for your team. But don't be ignorant, man. You know what I mean? Do you, do oh you have gosh. a basketball team that you follow? I do, man. And so, like I said, I'm a little older than everybody that I hang out with. <laughs> so, I, I'm a Chicago fan. And not just because of Michael Jordan. I know everybody's going to be like, oh, Michael Jordan. No. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I obviously, yes, Michael Jordan. But I like guys like Craig Hodges. Um Orlando Woolridge played for uh, Chicago before he went on to other teams, became a journeyman. Um, and so, I mean, last you see me play, man, I'm a shooter. So, I mean, guys like Steve Kerr, Judd Bushler, gosh, mm-hmm. man, um, just B.J. Armstrong, they did their job. And that's what I do. That's basically what I do on the court, man. People are like, oh, man, you play pretty good. No, I just know what I can do on the court. <laughs> that's what I do. I know <laughs> my know? job. Right. I know my limits. So, <laughs> like, I'm... <laughs> I'm a 5'8", half Filipino, half sign one point guard. Come on. You know, like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I hear. Uh, and so, like, guys like, yeah, like, my gosh. Uh, I just saw something. Steve Kerr is the only player in the last how many years to have four straight championships. He was Chicago, one with uh, San Antonio. So, and, and if you ever watched him play, he never, I don't know if it was the fear he had from Jordan or just – he knew his job, but he would come in, he hit a couple of threes, he played really scrappy defense, and just, you know what I mean? And that's how Chicago won those championships, with guys like that. Obviously, Jordan and Pippen, but without guys like Judd Busher, Steve Kerr, um, Ron Harper, Craig Hodges in his first couple of years, um, man, I could go on and on. Forrest Grant, you know what I mean? He's underrated. Um, Cartwright was a center. He had the worst free throw form ever shooting. <laughs> You know, but and he looked like he was already sixty when he was like thirty. <laughs> old ass Bill. Yeah, right. Like Bill Cartwright. Like how old is I? Really thought he was like in his fifties while he was playing. And He's so, like just out of college, <laughs> right? And so like, and then they, they made guys like Luke Longley get like max contract. Like if you watched Luke Longley back in the day and you think about it now, not even a college team would give Luke Longley a. Uh, a max contract. That's crazy. But they 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 were 
besides the Spurs, who I think always have the best ball movement in the NBA uh, during the Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan years, uh, if you go back and uh, anybody young watching right now that plays ball and you guys like ball movement or you want to learn ball movement, go back and watch those San Antonio Spurs teams. The ball movement was just, it was incredible. It's like they knew where everybody was going to be on the court without even looking. And the ball swung so nicely. Oh, like David Robinson? Yep, David Robinson. Robinson Duncan. Duncan. Sean Elliott, guys like that. Uh, the, I was, was going to say something about Avery Johnson, but I won't. But <laughs> Avery Johnson, too. You know, <laughs> Bruce Bowen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they were great teams. Like, they were great teams. Like, um, and I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, there were no super teams back then. That's a load of shit. Because if you have Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Gordon on one team, if that's not a super team, then, like, my yeah. underwear's not clean right now. My underwear's clean. So, <laughs> uh, that's 35 years ago. <laughs> right. We were like, right. LeBron's ruining the league. It's like, I mean... Or yeah, our players, not, our players yeah. just like more steadfast with where they want to play, and if they don't like a situation, they're able to now say, you know, I'm a superstar. I'm out. And yeah. So if is yeah. that what people don't like? Because that's what the system is now. <laughs> a superstar don't like it. Hey, all respect. I'm just gonna leave the city. Trade me, please. Like you can do it disrespectfully. You can be like James Harden, <laughs> like be at the strip. Where was he? It was no like way, at, a, at a concert or something during training camp. He's so, like, trade me, bro. Trade me. I ain't coming back. The only time I just had so much hate for LeBron is when he went out there, sat down with and I blamed ESPN for even giving him the opportunity to have a 30-minute show called The Decision about where the hell he was going to. Who the hell? When have you ever seen that? Someone had a 30-minute special. That was the first so, time. Exactly. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, and it, you know what I mean? It was like, that was the only time I had a problem with the Bronx, just because it's not my fault you didn't go to college and you didn't have a chance to sit down and have a, you know, signing day. You know what I mean? And that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wait, you wanted to go pro? Act like a pro. God damn it. But, Should have been Dude, that's crazy. Uh, was it, I've seen those videos were like, uh, was it D-Wade who had like a dinner? While they were watching the decision, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because uh, obviously, like, bro, knew that who was coming over. Like people were, people were. Uh, if you go back and look at the ratings, bro, it's ridiculous. It was like the most watched thing for so like how many years? It was stupid. Like you're watching a grown man tell you where he's gonna go play. Like, how is okay. it? Thirty minutes? Did you watch it? it huh? Did you watch well, it? Duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, rem- I remember, but like, how is it? I remember the I'm taking my talents to South Beach, but why they, they, was that they, 30 minutes? Because they had like they played like highlights of where he like when he was uh, still in Cleveland, and then they had him talking to like uh, I forgot who they, they just had like all these interviews and just like highlights of, and then they literally interviewed him and sat there about the decision he made, like sat in the chair. I remember, uh, and then. Yeah, I remember he was taking my time to, okay, where he said he was going to win how many championships? Not one, not two, not three, not four, yeah. not five. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> nah. 
I won't lie, man. Like, he, uh, I give Noah a lot of like, I give him a lot of crap because he's a Lakers fan. Like this past season, like this playoffs, I, I I was really disappointed in LeBron. I mean, you're still the best player in the NBA. Like, I know KD, I know. Uh, KD physically right now is probably better than me, but because of uh, what you can do on the court and how you do it, you're still the best player on the court. And he just he didn't step up. You know what I mean? He didn't step up. And so uh, you, you ask, like, why do people get mad at these days at, like, superstars? Well, you picked L.A. to go play at. You took this money. You didn't have to take so much money, but you did. And then you go out and you have performances like that. Like, I know you're a human. I know they had uh, a shortened season and or, or a shortened offseason. Sorry. Off season, yep. Yeah. And you had to come back right away and play. But, I mean... The three of us, we, we, I mean, we would do anything. I mean, even if it was football or baseball, I play baseball. If you gave me the opportunity to go out and play that game, like, yeah, I'd be complaining, but I'd still go and I'd still go 110% every time I go out to play because I know how fortunate. And he like, looked gassed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looked like the whole season, he just looked like, you know what I mean? He was like, man, I deserved a break. Like a, uh, yeah. I'm not calling him a whining child, but that's what it looked like. Like he was whining the whole season about how he deserved his break, how they shouldn't have had an All Star game, how he didn't want to be there. You know, it's like, bro, you're getting paid this money to to play this game that people they, they want to come out and watch you play. They want you at your best, okay? And then, so I I, I think he was hurt a little bit this season, but not as hurt as you know, like man. I've seen dudes play with broken fingers in football games. You know, I mean? his rest, LeBron's rest towards the end of the regular season was yeah. more rest than actual recovery. Yeah, and I know it had a lot to do with like, like you said, resting for the playoffs and stuff like that. But I mean, in the last like, you watched your team drop like what was it, four in a row towards the end of the season? Those games you could have won and put your team at a better position, maybe you'd still be in the playoffs. Yeah, there was a game where there was like five minutes left. He left the court. He didn't come back. I think it was the last game. He didn't Ooh. play like the last five minutes. The yeah, the blowout. The yeah, I think game I five. Like, I, I know it's a blowout, but I mean, yep. play the last five minutes. I mean, might just be me. I mean, I don't get paid a million dollars to play games, so I gotta play it for the love. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't. Have, I think it was like a twenty-something point game in like with less than six in the fourth. Right. So I mean, I wouldn't. It's a playoff game, so you push it. But like, if LeBron is not doing it, then you're kind of screwed. But to leave, yeah. but to leave the court yeah. with five minutes left and not come back, that was that was not that was that was a bad look. Damn, I didn't even know that happened. That's that's crazy, bro. <laughs> For just dip, how man? are the how are the Jazz doing, Eri? Hey, how are they doing, man? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Forrest, I, I'm an, I'm an, like a, I'm still like a newly fresh uh, Jazz fan. When the when they was down, I was uh, like, you know what? All my family's Warrior fans. Everybody around here is Blazer fans. Lance is a Laker fan. I want to be different. I'm gonna go for the Jazz. <laughs> I like you. I like and then, Oos, and then they started doing good, and I was like, oh, oh shit. Uh, you guys uh, yeah. know. Yeah, go Jazz. <laughs> 
It's the longest like, running now, gag. Now, that now they're on the up and up, and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, go jazz. Donovan Mitchell, baby, spider. I'm like, spider, bro. <laughs> oh, Donovan Mitchell, though. Yeah. He is filling up the who. He is. He is. You know, he's real. He's real, yeah. man. And, uh, you know, some, some without him, Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. For him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he drank that water. Ain't nobody yeah. else get it. Yeah, no, hey, Donovan I mean, Mitchell looks like a serious new superstar. Do you uh do you have some new guys that uh that are the wave in the NBA that you're watching out for? Man, you know he's not really new, but I, I like I like Book man. Devin, Devin Booker is just man. He's got, and I'm not I'm not gonna compare him to Kobe, but he's got. Uh, his demeanor is almost almost the same on the court. When he's when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. He's he's out there to kill your team. Man. You know, there's you can't break him. Once he's he's set on killing you, I'm sorry, you guys are done. You know what I mean? and, and Devin Booker is just easy, brother. He's nice, man. Of course, uh, John Moran, he's phenomenal. You know. He's, he's probably still got a year to go. I know a lot of people are like, well, he's new. But, I mean, how many other people are doing the things that he does at the moment? You know? uh, yeah, I, I, he hasn't done much, but, like, uh, Wiseman, I, I think if, if the Warriors give him some time to develop, I think he'll become really good. I mean, a lot of people would want him to be Kevin Durant, but he's not Kevin Durant. You know, it's, Ooh, it's yeah. a different skill set. I mean, he can't shoot the ball, though. You know, don't get me wrong. He can shoot the ball, but he's also a much better post player. Um, and if the Warriors utilize him and let him develop, I think he's going to become a really big star. Uh, Jaron Jackson, he's he's pretty good. Um, he's been hurt, and so it's hard to like gauge a lot of these young guys because a lot of them are getting hurt, like hurt. Mm. I don't know. They don't build them like they used to. Maybe it's like all the AAU minutes. I mean, that's the only thing that, that I've seen. That, that, like, that could be. That's tough because, I mean, basketball is like year-round for kids now. Yeah. You know, I mean, which is crazy, too, because football, uh, because of the pandemic now, is also year-round. Like, there's kids playing football right now who are going to go right into summer football, and they're going to go right into spring football. And then now that they – and then they're going to have eight-on-eights everywhere. And then football is now year-round, too. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I want I want year-round football. As a Chargers fan? No. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> no, man, I'm joking, man. I'm I can only take that until January. <laughs> Maybe a February appearance someday. But, yeah, I can only take Charger football until January. Hey, we got a new coach. We got a new young quarterback, and I have a reason to pretend that things are going to be different this year because of Hey, that. man, I'll tell you what. As a Raiders fan, this is the extent of me uh, being positive. You guys look good on paper, man. <laughs> the Raiders have a great line, a great running back, a great wide receivers, great defense, great coach. <laughs> hey, I like the look, Hey, well, you guys have some pretty good draft picks, man. You guys had uh, some pretty good job. Got uh, Rashawn, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern yeah. at left tackle. We got Asante Samuel Jr. 
I'm excited about him. I thought Asante should have went first round. Yeah, I thought Asante should have went first round. That he made it to the mid second was yeah. huge for us because our yeah. we lost Desmond King last year and then we barely re-signed uh, Michael Davis, uh, so we don't really have a lot. Chris Harris no. Jr., but he old, he old, he might as well be playing safety. Um, well, you know, wasn't he playing a little safety at Denver before he left? I, man, they had him in in nickel, but just always inside that nickel. So I'm sure he floated back there. A bunch, and you're right. Yeah, you're right. Being being from Modesto, you have to be a Pittsburgh fan. Right? Yeah, yeah. All the families, Niners fans. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you guys got you guys got hurt early again with uh, one of your tackles is out with the. Is it a torn? Damn um, already. Yeah, I was reading about it not so long ago. Uh, he's one of the younger tackles, but he's up and coming. So like, there's like three guys that have already torn something in practice. That's no. Wait, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the lineman that just got drafted, was it? I don't know if he just got drafted. It was him and one of your cornerbacks, I think, that are out. So oh, I was like, man, no. that's tough. You guys got that uh, Lemonier? I don't know, but he's 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 going to be a cornerback. Yeah, but I mean, but they also get back a lot of people though, like uh, so many injured people last year for the Niners that oh, are coming Lenoir. back. Yeah, 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 that guy yeah that's that's a good corner, bro. Yeah. Right. Instagram kept uh everybody kept posting his little practice practice footage, the little play, that bump and go, that bump and yeah. interception. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like the wide receiver tripped. There's everybody right. was like, oh, he's the future. I was like, all right, Brad, this is practice. You know what I mean? The quarterback has to throw to him. It's <laughs> 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 like stop Wait. acting like this is like a. Yeah, pre- Where else, he, where else the, is he gonna go with the ball? <laughs> I know. Like, what's up? Like, this is an indicator of success. That the Niners are. I'm a fan, not a fanatic. For us, you know. I like that. I like that because you know, I mean, being a Raiders fan, like half of my being Polynesian, like half of my family too are Fisco fans. So you know, what I mean, dude, a lot of these, a lot of these games have almost come to blows. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Because I have fanatics over here. Not <laughs> I have fanatics in my family, and sometimes yeah. I got to tell them what this game really about. You just got to tell them, be a fan. <laughs> yeah. Just be a fan. Just Ray, be a fan, just, man. Sit down. Be a fan and, you know, osculate <laughs> like that fan. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around. The NFL ain't paying you, bro. Why are you <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Man. But, man, it's just a, what's what's you're a USC fan, Lance? USC for college, yeah. You're right, you're a... Uh, for college, a Cal fan, man, just because uh, my cousin Aaron went there. To where? Uh, My cousin Aaron went to Cal. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go yeah. Bears. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What's your, what's your Pac-12 team? Me? A Pac-12 yeah. fan? No. <laughs> no, no, <I'm> just <laughs> no uh, uh, since I was young, man, and and again, uh, it goes back because I'm older. Uh, uh, if it is a Pac-12 or Pac-10 back then, uh, I was an Arizona fan, man, because of George Malauulu. Okay, I, I saw him man. throw Joseph. I mean, I saw George Malauulu back to back years uh, in uh, bowl games. One year, throw a 76 yard touchdown. The following year, throw a 78-yard touchdown. George Mwaulu was – I think if uh, – maybe in today's NFL, he would have a better chance to 
probably be a starting quarterback and have uh, more longevity to his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was – man, gosh. He's, and being Polynesian and then growing up in American top one, being able to turn on the TV and see a sign one playing quarterback in college, it just it blew my mind. I was so – man, you couldn't tell me nothing, man. George Mawuli was, was the shit when I was with it. He, he was amazing, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, see, my shit, my shit was just my family. Family was like, we're gonna support this team, and I was like, oh, okay. But you have like a legit reason, like representation. I saw something wait, in myself wait, wait, wait. in him. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, but USC also. I mean, if you're Polynesian too, I mean, gosh, the, the the long line of Polynesian players that play for USC is just, and then um, also my. Uh, wasn't my classmate, but he graduated the same year as me from Fanghai Kuo. Uh, what was his last name? I forgot his last name. Uh, his name was Travis, but he ended up playing defensive end for USC. So that was great to see because it was someone I actually played against in high school and, you know, and growing up in American Samoa to see that. And at the time, there wasn't too many kids from American Samoa playing in big programs. Not like there is now. I mean, um, yeah. and again, shout out to, if you guys don't know, man, um, one of the uh, Maui Moa boys that are playing at IMG is uh, he's, I think he's the number two prospect in the country for 2022. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So his brother played uh, quarterback. Frank, I coached him in basketball at Tafuna. His brother played quarterback for Tafuna. Ended up going to, is it North Park in Chicago? All the boys in Tafuna too. But he played quarterback there. Uh, I think he graduated this year from school, so shout out to Frank. The younger brother, Fred, was an offensive tackle out at Washington State. Uh, he plays for Carolina now, I think. Fred Moore. Um, and so Francis two. is? Francis is the number two prospect, if not the number one prospect in his class. Uh, he's a, well, he can play anywhere he wants to. <laughs> the boy is like, yeah, six five. I think he's like three twenty, three ten. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's one. It's and so uh, a testament to his talent is that he went home for the summer, got stuck there because of the pandemic, played football there, won a championship, and still being an American Samoa was still able to keep his ranking in the states. And then now he's mm-hmm. he's playing his senior year at IMG. I think he went up a few spots. Um, Damn. Uh, and so the other brother, Francisco, signed with Washington State, and he's going to be incredible, too. Uh, I think he was like a three-star uh, in high school. Yeah. Hey, Forrest, bro. Forrest, I got I got a little cousin who was uh, who's 14. He just he just played his freshman year. And uh, bro's like 6'5", like 370. He was... Like, bro, as big as me, bro. And so, like, uh, what is it? I'm trying to see. <laughs> I was all saying, I was all talking to his mom. I was like, man, me and me and Troy got to lose some weight this summer. Because <laughs> I was like, yo, we just got to get him, like, 320, 310, and, like, he'll yeah. be moving. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm steadily trying to figure out how to, I don't know. Well, he's, he's still, um, he's big. He goes to, like, a private school out here. Uh, yeah. Central Catholic uh, in Modesto, California. 
And uh, Brad's just hella big, bro. He's bigger than like anybody on the varsity team. And granted, this this past season, I, I went to go watch one game, but um, I don't know. It was just a, uh, it was just funny to me because he was bigger than like everybody, staff included, on both sides of the field. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like the coaches are like, Troy. <laughs> like looking at it, bro. It, it was just cracking me up, man. I was like, "Yo, bro, what we gotta, we gotta do something." You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out. What oh to do. yeah. How do I get him to camps? How do I get him more? You know what I mean? Like, how do how do you even how do you do that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's only a freshman now. Um, hopefully they bro, teach just, him more of the, the game. You don't football. even have to make tape right now, man. You 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 send pictures of him to these coaches right now. Oh. Send pictures of it. That's all you have to do. Really. Send pictures of him and then see what they say because put I'm him next to, to somebody. Yeah, put him next to somebody that that's gonna um, really like magnify his size. Because there's one thing coaches know: can't teach size. You know, you can teach everything else. But you can't teach. You can't teach six five three hundred and ten. Yeah. You gotta go through uh, like. Uh, in my room. Oh, hold on! Oh, oh. oh I'm so sorry. This is my nephew. He plays. Uh, hey, what's he up, plays, man? He plays defensive tackle for uh, Whitman University. Uh, yeah, Whitmore University. Yeah. Whitmore? Hey. Yeah. It's my brother-in-law right here. He's just coming in to Washington to visit. Yeah. But, like, yeah, man. I mean, you know what? Hey, that's 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 all God, hey, man. That's, yeah, yeah. Look at God. This, yeah, this is this, yeah. this this is not a coincidence. This was planned. Um, man, I'm, I'm, like, I'm so uplifted right now. Like, almost overwhelmed. Like, that's, that's so dope. That you mentioned that man like uh yeah man i mean i mean so my nephew also um is a senior at uh at bishop gorman um he plays tackle and guard there uh shout out my, my nephew yo-yo to him um uh, he's supposed to be here today but uh my man called me crying he couldn't make it because he's got to stay oh, no. for football practice <laughs> Gotta grind. That's what I told him. But hey, man, you want to be the best? You know what I mean? I gave him that speech. You want to be the best? You gotta be the best. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "No, but I just want to come and eat the food." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uncle, I need my gains. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you're right, man. That's, man, it's exciting to hear um, just the sheer size of, of your of your nephew, your cousin, your nephew. Uh, it was my cousin's son. Okay, we'll see your nephew because we're side one white people would have been all that's your third cousin shut up <laughs> second cousin right. once removed yeah. like okay in, in Samoa he's my nephew so nephew. <laughs> but yeah man your nephew that's man because and and uh the reason I tell you to like maybe it's nice that he has you man because um I've seen way too many kids with the potential to do something with it like you know what I mean? Uh, I've, I've heard so many stories. Oh, yeah, my nephew's like 6'3", you know what I mean? Solid 250. And then that's all, like, some of these uh, uncles oh, and cousins do. Yeah, like, that's all you hear. And then it's like, hey, what happens to your nephew? It's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, if you go down to the McDonald's on this corner, you flipping burgers, which is nothing nothing bad with that. But, like, if you're going to boast about your nephew, like, you know what I mean? Having that Help him. Yeah, Help him. That potential. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, grow that potential. Grow that potential. Right, bro. Jeez, God, thank you. Yeah, man. And so, see, this this is my guy, man. If Hi. You see him, how tall hey, what's he? up, man? He's only 10. Nine. Oh, he's only what? nine. Oh, he corrected me. He's only nine. 
<laughs> um, said, I'm not come on, you. you know that already. He's huge. He's, he's playing football right now. So Bruh, that adult fullback is a nine-year-old. That's what I said. So. I mean, we need we need to go out. We need to go out and make sure that, like, our younger family is is fully obtaining their potential. It's always good to see uh, fellow Pacific Islanders shining, man. Whether it's something they're passionate about, a project they're completing, like school graduation season, it's yeah, always like, it's hype. My brother-in-law right here. That's my brother-in-law. And uh, what's going on, who's? He started a football team back in Hawaii, and him and my sister, like, a lot of guys start football teams to, like, and I'm not just saying this because it's my sister, my brother, my brother, even their whole staff. A lot of guys start, like, these pop Warner football teams to try and get their name out there. Like, oh, I started this team. I'm coaching this team. Mm. And they, they use it as a stepping stone to get into other teams. So, like, literally, uh, my brother and my sister, like, some of the kids couldn't make registration, you know, and they just told them, come play, we'll figure it out. And they Did ended up paying for after the registration and the equipment for some of these kids out of their own pocket. And so it's people like that that, that I think we need to highlight. Like, you know what I mean? It's cool to highlight like some of these, I guess, celebrities or like the bigger people in the game. But for like, if you guys have family members that do stuff like that, like, man, you could put them, um, you could put them in the spotlight and, and highlight some of these smaller people that, that do... They do the things no one else is going to see, and they don't mind not seeing it, you know? Like, they never wanted any recognition for it. Even now, like, he's probably a little embarrassed that I'm telling you guys stuff like that, and he had to come out and go talk to kids because he was the one people would think, like, you know what I mean? Bad about the kids who couldn't pay. Yeah, yeah, no, never. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that, man. Like, those are the kind of people we have to find and highlight. Like you said, like, the wave that you need to jump on, that's one of them, man, is highlighting some of these people that you'll never hear of. What are doing, um, doing the important work that no one talks about, right? Like YouTube, this, and I wanted to say that at the beginning, man, uh, to thank YouTube. I mean, um, it might not be something big yet, but the podcast you guys do, just the interviews like this, man, it's something new for the kids to see. And it's also like, once you start interviewing kids, like, like honestly, your cousin or your nephew should be someone you interview on here. And you know, um, imagine imagine getting him out like that. That could be another recruiting um, tool for your nephew, you're right? Um, or like, if you can get somebody established on here to talk about, like somebody already playing college ball that you guys know, um, and to get ideas from them, and so they can push a lot of this stuff forward. You know what I mean? Like you said, uh, people that are going to help you push a lot of this stuff that you guys want out into the community. Um, into a bigger a bigger audience is is you guys are doing it man and you guys you guys are creating outlet for all of this so thank you guys man because i mean says uh, it might not seem like it now man but i mean i, I mean you guys are both very 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 smart uh articulate you know what i mean and uh, and I, I won't be like the kids these days. No homo. You guys are very charming as well, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, you guys. Are, I mean, you guys carry yourselves very well, and that's that's. I mean, that says a lot. Like because I know if the three of us walked into a bar together before it opened, or like as it's opening, I know guys would have been like, "Well, oh, they would have handed us a wand." They would have handed us a uniform. 
and asked us to stand outside. You know? <laughs> hey, you guys are here you for know? security. Right, it, didn't right. help the, yeah. it didn't help that I played football and worked security. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I'm trying to yeah. tell people, we're more than football players and security guards. And they're like, well, what are you? You're right. And I was like, well, I did both. And like, shoot, uh, I put, I security guard. <laughs> It didn't help. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And, and that was the worst too, because so living with John and Lomi, I mean, we would literally like go to bounce somewhere, but John was a musician, so it's hard to be like, you know, John would go play somewhere, and then like, so what do you guys do for a living? We bounce. We <laughs> bounce. What else do you guys do? What else are we supposed to do? Pay the bills with our bouncing money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, then, and but no one knew that we were all in school at the same time. It's like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, just, again, man, that's, these are the, you ever have that one rule of all the news that test you all the time? The one oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the one in blue? I've seen, seen your look, you know. Uplifting, uplifting the younger generation, improving, I mean, getting the older generation to communicate, we talking about love and light, improving others, improving our community. Thank you, Boris, so much for coming on today. We appreciate you making your time. We know you out with the fam. Uh, before we close out, you got any shout outs? You got anything you want to say to anybody out there? Hey, man, shout out to uh, my two roommates, Norm and Will. Um, I, I, I was going to say stuff about them today, but I, mean, I, I know one day you'll probably guys... Uh, you guys should have them on the show too because uh, they're really outstanding uh, gentlemen as well. They do a lot for uh, when we were in Samoa, we did a lot for the community out there. You know, I'm really talking about it. Like, you know, it's not like we're doing it for recognition, but they did a lot with us back home. Uh, yeah. uh, shout out another, I mean, we didn't get time to talk about her, but if you guys have a chance, you guys should also check out uh, her name is Daisha. She's there with her own podcast. You know, Daisha. After the change speaks, uh, I'll shoot you. Her oh, bro, you know, Dacia? you know, you know that person. I do know Daisy. Daisy, yeah, bro. Yo, I've, I've been following that on IG, bro. That girl is yeah. hilarious, bro. Yeah, she's a really great person to follow. Um, and if you get to know her, she's also a very talented singer. Daisy, um, if you ever see this, you know, what I mean? shout out to Daisy. Uh, she's really dope. Um, shout out to my cousin, too. If you're ever out here in Washington and my brother in law. You guys need some uh, ink done? Um, check out Ink on Instagram and Two Needles. Shout out to uh, Jr. Uh, his daughter just signed with Sacramento State. Uh, Katie. Yeah, hey, that's that's yeah. down the way. Yeah, yeah. Stack State got a yeah. Stack State got a real one. Yeah, she she's dope, man. So shout out to Jr. His family and Katie for signing with them, man. And uh, man, again, man, shout out to you too. Man. Even even after this, after the, the podcast, I mean, being a part of the uh, the movie you guys decided, you can count me in. Oh, I'm I'm in all the way in. So, I mean, uh, you want to know one thing about me, man? Just the way I love is the way I do this, man. Fully, no 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 lukewarm, man. We don't do things lukewarm. No halfway. We're gonna do something. We do it fully. We do it on purpose. You know what I mean? And that's the way we should love each other too, fully and on purpose, bro. Amen. Oh, love. Amen, bro. Forrest. Thank you so much oh, for that, man. Yeah. Thank you for blessing the show, the podcast, this episode with with your love and light, bro. And we continue to push that out. 
and uh, and to magnify, man, and and to uplift all of us. And you're a big part of that, bro. Appreciate you. Amen. Thank you, man. All right, for us. You have a good day. So thank you so much, hey, man. man. All right. Yeah, you sure. This episode of Levasa Sports, sponsored by LevasaIslandApparel.com, for gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture and catch the wave at LevasaIslandApparel.com.